This is WVEWLP Brattleboro 107.7 FM, your community radio station. Also streaming live online at WVEW.org. Welcome. Uh, good afternoon. Happy Sunday. This is Indigo Radio. Deepening understanding, making connections. We're on the air every Sunday at noon. We're a group of educators seeking to learn through engaging with others in our community and throughout the world. You can also find us on Facebook at Indigo Radio and also on Instagram. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts and guests and not the radio station. And, and welcome. And who are you? I am <laughs> Nick. <laughs> I'm a local educator. I'm a high school teacher up in Springfield, Vermont. And you are? I'm <laughs> Nina Kunimoto. Um, I am a graduate student at UMass Boston. And I also teach um, at Marlboro College. Mm -hmm. um, so on July 22nd, 1892, President William Henry Harrison, who is apparently our ninth president of the U.S., never heard of him, <laughs> but he issued a proclamation that October 21st, 1892, that there will be a general holiday celebrating the 400th anniversary of, and I quote from a July 22nd, 1892 edition of the Recorder Union of Sacramento, Discovery of America by Columbus. And he continues to say, on that day, let the people, so far as possible, cease all toil and devote themselves to such exercise as may best express honor to the discoverer and appreciation of the great achievements of four completed centuries of American life. Columbus stood in his age as the pioneer of progress and enlightenment. The system of universal education is, in our age, the most prominent and salutary feature of the spirit of enlightenment. And it is peculiarly appropriate, I'm sorry, particularly, I spelled that wrong, particularly appropriate that the schools be made by the people, the made by the people the center of the day's demonstration. Let the national flag float over every schoolhouse in the country and the exercises be such as shall impress upon our youth the patriotic duties of American citizenship. In the churches and other places of assembly of the people, let there be expressions of gratitude of divine providence for the devout faith of the discoverer and for the divine care and guidance which has directed our history and so abundantly blessed our people. This was an excerpt, again, from um, uh, the Sam uh, a Sacramento paper called the Recorder Union um, on July 22nd, 1892. And then um, later in 1937, President Roosevelt enshrined it as a federal holiday. The counter-narrative, however, is the plunder, the genocide, and the privatization. So today, our topic in honor of Indigenous Peoples Day, we will discuss the legacies of colonialism, the movement to abolish Columbus Day, and um, just resistance against colonialism and the legacies of colonialism. So stay tuned um, after our song break for more. So our first song today is by a young um, Native American, I believe he is Lakota uh, artist, who's been resisting the Keystone um, Pipeline, the building of the Keystone Pipeline. And many of his songs um, are about that. So we're going to play a song called Oil for Blood. Thank you. 
everything's red. All red, everything. Everything's red. All red, everything. Everything's red. Everything's red. 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 Dead. Red. Dead. Red. First off, I send love to Lupe for giving us hope in this Lakota Sue. All red, everything, red nation rising. Yeah. Revising our story, they're televising. Child of the planes, I see 2020. Yeah. Poverty porn, TV pimpers for money. Yeah. Tell Diane Sawyer, I am a warrior. Yeah. Give me your camera, send pal to your lawyer. Free all my people, get them out of prison. Yeah. Take them to Sunday and show them how we're living. Right. Give youth an outlet, disadvantage prodigies. Feed these Republicans all our commodities. Put them on the reds. From the day they're born, they won't survive cause their cancer is airborne. Put them in our schools, put them in our shoes, take away their money and give them our booze. Red, make everything red, words of my ancestors up in my head. Food for thought, our kids underfed. Your oil is mud, they want the earth dead. Oil for blood, oil for blood, making you rich, you soil my love. Oil for blood, oil for blood, my mother is clean, that oil is mud. Keystone, everything's red. Pipeline, now everything's dead. Keystone, everything's red. Pipeline, now everything's dead. Everything's red. Everything's red. 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 Dead. Red. Dead. Red. I can't afford to leave the res. Government has got me trapped. The leadership need a tip. And most my tribal leaders whack. They don't want to hear that. They just want to chill. I'm sick. I'll go to IHS and get a pill. For real? Like a song without a title. Yeah. Feel forgotten. Like slaves picking the kind. Forever travel. With no connection to the Bible. Flying. People writing. Sometimes I'm suicidal. Feeling like no exit. Generation X shit. Text messaging. Sex. What I connect with. Technology. Get this world to acknowledge me. My ancestors studied numbers and astrology. Like the philosophy, keep them haters off of me. Keystone XL, you smell like an atrocity. To my home and my ancestors, I'm loyal. Yeah. Build that pipeline and I'm burning down your oil. Oil for blood, oil for blood. Making you rich, you soil my love. Oil for blood, oil for blood. My mother is clean, that oil is mud. Keystone, everything's red. Pipeline, now everything's dead. Keystone, everything's red. Pipeline, now everything's dead. Everything's red, everything's red, 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 dead, red, dead, red. Welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro Community Radio Station. Today, we are talking about uh, abolishing Columbus Day and celebrating instead Indigenous Peoples Day. And we just wanted to give you a recap of last week's show. Last week's show was about the opioid crisis. Um, Indigo Radio talked to Dr. Rasha Alem, who works in a methadone clinic outside of New York City. She joined Indigo Radio to discuss addiction and recovery and also discussed was the private ownership of methadone clinics by Bain Capital, which is a Boston-based investment firm that essentially is profiting off of this disease. Um, and there was also a discussion about what people really need for to recover. So again, today we're talking about Columbus. Yep. And so um, in our first segment, we're going to 
focus on the legacy of Columbus. And I wanted to go back to the proclamation that I'd read earlier by um, President Harris in 1892. And what I found interesting about choosing that time uh, to to sort of weave this narrative of quote-unquote America um, is interesting because in 1892 there... Um, was an economic crisis, right? And then later on in 1937, um, FDR enshrined it as a federal holiday, right? Again, like almost like crystallizing it into the national narrative. Mm. Um, And so at both of these times, right, 1937, um, after the Great Depression, the United States was in economic turmoil. And at both times, they were close to entering an imperialist war. And the U.S. had already been at war with the Native Americans and Wounded Knee Massacre, which some people will say was just sort of the last big fight um, before sort of the dominant forces took over the entire what is now United States, was just two years prior to this proclamation of making Columbus Day um, sort of a day of celebration. And, and it's interesting how he continues on to say, you know, what does he say? That it should be in schools, right? Mm. Where, and that's where, like, people's sort of ideologies are are passed on to the next generation, right? So, and also um, that... Uh, what did you, what does he say that that we are a blessed people and divine, divine providence, providence yeah. and so it really all connects um, with trying to weave this narrative of or justifying um, having taken over this land. So, anyways, and then nineteen oh. So, if you want to know, you know, what imperialist wars eighteen ninety eight was the first sort of external imperialist war that the United States participated in, which was the Spanish-American War, and then in um, 1937, obviously, um, World War II. So I'm wondering, Nina, if you can talk a little bit more about how economic turmoil Mm -hmm. is connected to the expansion of the capitalist economy. Yeah. um, I mean, at these, you know, in, in... in the 1800s, there were multiple economic like crises, mm-hmm. right? But within capitalism, the logic of capitalism, first off, is that in order for a group of people to accumulate wealth, they have to exploit others, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and in that system comes turmoils, economic turmoils, where it just becomes so extreme. And so in these crises in the mid to late 1800s, um, these crises were people were going hungry here in the U.S., right? Um, And my thought is that if people are, are pushed so far, it could potentially lead to significant change because it'll butt up against capitalism which is creating the situation but I mean I would say this narrative maybe eased it perhaps and had people believe in something out there 
that's non-tangible. Mm. Um, and in 1937, really the same thing, that we'd just come out of the Great Depression, um, where people were in soup lines, and there were a lot of labor um, movements at that time. It was very strong at that time. And so again, like this possibility of overthrowing a capitalist system, and then turn, it gets turned around. And so that's connected to the legacy of Columbus as well, right? Is that, as you said, there's in order for a group of people to accumulate capital, then there has to be the exploitation of, of a large group of people. And so I think it's really important for us to periodize, to put into context um, Columbus, because he's not just an individual, right? There were many like him, like mm -hmm. Cortez and Pizarro. And so looking at that historical period, um, within the time of Columbus's life, before it and, and long after as well, there was a project of colonization that was taking place stemming from the expansion of, of the economy that mm -hmm. was feudal but turning quickly into capitalism. And so the monarchs were being funded by merchants to um, send out these quote-unquote explorers to go find new land, new resource, and new exploitable labor. And so we have Columbus arrive to the Caribbean with, within this frenzy of the search for gold and resource and, and, um, and this frenzy for economic expansion in order for people to accumulate wealth. And so that led to the, exploit, the enslavement of and genocide of millions of people at mm -hmm. the hands of these European monarchs and the people who worked for them. Including the people from the African continent. Right. Yeah. Right, and, and that's an interesting piece in the connection of um, connecting indigenous struggles to the, to the slave trade, to enslaved African people being forced into labor because the natives either had been killed or were so resistant mm -hmm. to, um, to enslavement. Right. Um, and, I mean, I also see it, you know, when before... Columbus or Cortez or Pizarro came, there was the groups of people that were on this continent were, as all humans on this planet, were doing things and laboring in however, whatever form that they were laboring in in order to produce food and, and produce clothing and, and produce the things that they produce, right, in a particular way that they did here. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Columbus and Cortez and Pizarro and all the quote-unquote explorers that came over are bringing this new way of producing things mm -hmm. in a different way and, and violent. I, I imagine purpose, slash and burn. Right? What's yeah. that? And for a different purpose. Yeah, for a mm -hmm. different purpose. Mm -hmm. And I kind of see it as like a slash and burn. They come and they slash and burn whatever system production they have here. Mm -hmm. Um and forcing violently the people into this new way of organizing how to make stuff, right? Mm. And most of it's like mining and um, growing sugar mm. and all these things, um, like cash crops, as opposed to feeding oneself. And so I think it's important for us to talk about, because you were mentioning schools. Mm -hmm. And so as teachers, it's important for us to understand the legacy of Columbus and what teaching it means. And so 
when we read history, um, and I'll recollect for myself, I was taught um, when Columbus sailed the ocean blue, right? Mm -hmm. And so there was this celebration of him as a hero. And that's how I see him being enshrined in the national history, as you're saying, of this country by having a day of celebration for him and what he did, Mm -hmm. um, which at the same moment is enshrining and um, upholding genocide of and conquer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that this approach to history serves to celebrate conquerors. And this way of describing history leads us to celebrate those who then own slaves or those who ran the eugenics movement here in Vermont or those who exploit workers. Right. Today. Today. Exactly. And for me, it's important for us to, as teachers, stand not on the side of conquerors, but Mm -hmm. on the side of victims. And so I wanted to read a quote from Zen, um, from Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States. Um, It's in his first chapter that's about Columbus, actually, in his encounter um, with the Arawak people. And so he says, quote, and in such a world of conflict, a world of victims and executioners, it is the job of thinking people not to be on the side of executioners. Right. That we have to take a side. And you're right, as teachers, like when I was a student teacher, my mentor teacher would never take a side mm-hmm. because that would have been biased according. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's, I've heard it many more times than, than that. But, mm-hmm. um, but when you don't take the side, you are taking the side of the executioner. Mm-hmm. That's so. true. Okay, well, we are going to go to our second song break. Yeah. Do you want to introduce that? Absolutely. So our second song um, is by Natani Means, and it's called The The Radical, and it features Russell Means. Um, And if you don't know Russell Means, he was um, part of the leadership of the um, American Indian Movement. Um, You're going to hear a couple of, not a bleep, but I'm going to silence it the song because it has a couple of swear words. Um, So here we go. Other rappers are mediocre, starting to bore me. Melodic said, Untie your brain to fully feel freedom. My grandma named me not on Inez for a reason, so I could lead them free your minds from extinction and believe in freedom. <laughs> Throw that government money back, cause we don't need them. Sovereignty is a myth in a nation full of ignorance. I've seen checks get spent on casino chips, and I wear my hair proud. This is true pride music, war hooping loud, equivalent to the American Indian movement. Yeah. Right. 
I'm not a rapper, I'm an activist who rhymes. This is how you're learning, you better read between the lines. Kill the Indian, save the man. Guess all my friends descended from dead men who defended them. I got two braids and a beaded necklace. Living young and living reckless. Got a bullet for the next hipster in a headdress. Step aside, I got that C4 flow. Go. I flow off the mental with the cynical syndrome The epitaph, I'm wreaking wrath at the pinnacle Keep this shit simple I got the point at the top to pop the pimple Sinful, I get erotic like a nympho Keeping it loose, hanging rappers on the noose I don't spit, I puke You rappers ain't shit, but your flow's still equivalent to poop My colonial colonized name is Russell Mains I want to talk a little bit about radicalism and being called radical. You know, maybe it is true I am a radical. Because all I've ever asked, all I've ever demanded, all I've ever fought for, all I've ever been shot for, all I've ever been stabbed and beaten for, or thrown in jail or prison for, is to ask and demand any way, shape, or form that the United States of America live up to its own laws. Identity, searching in bottles of whiskey. I've seen my elders pass out under oak trees. Hairspray and methamphetamine feed their arteries. Empty memories shield the future possibilities. As suicidal tendencies tend to plague the youth at a teen age. And teen pregnancy, we say, leaves babies with no fathers these days. And our ways are forgotten, forgotten. Trading moccasins for N7s with Jordan socks that are cotton. Shit. Free your mind from extinction. Welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro Community Radio Station. Today we are talking about Columbus and abolishing Columbus Day and the real need to celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day in its place. And so that was Natani Means, the radical. The next segment we're going to be talking about um, betraying our ancestors. And so I was going to ask you, Nina, what, is that, what does that mean, mean to you, that phrase, betraying your ancestors? Betraying our ancestors. So um, for me, like my immediate ancestors are from Taiwan and Spain. And of course, all our ancestors are from Africa. But we have ancestors a little further on um, in my particular further ancestors are colonizers. And they laid, for me, they laid the groundwork for capitalism to flourish um, in Europe and then later on here on this continent. And I'm supposed to, as their ancestors, am I supposed to continue their legacy by continually recreating capitalism and upholding exploitation so that I benefit mm -hmm. um, without thinking about the people whose shoulders and backs that I'm standing on in order to benefit. Um, so to betray that legacy is to stand in solidarity with indigenous peoples, to reject capitalism and to work towards its destruction mm. um, or deconstruction, however you want to look at it. Mm. So to me, that that's what that means. Mm. And, and for, sorry, for you, what is that for you? So my... 
uh, immediate ancestors, as you said, we, we're all from Africa, aren't we? All our ancestors are, are hail from there. And so my ancestors um, were actually collaborators with colonizers. And so in the south of Lebanon, when uh, the Israelis invaded Lebanon in 82, my ancestors, uh, Christians, worked with the Israelis under a organization called the Southern Lebanese Army. And they worked to capture Christians um, who were against the occupation. They worked to capture Palestinians who were resisting um, and all kinds of people that were resisting that, that form of colonization at that moment. And so for me, betraying my ancestors means standing on the side of not only Palestinians, but poor people across the world who, um, who are colonized. And not standing with colonizers in that act is something similar to, I think, what we were saying before about Zin, is not standing on the side of conquerors, but standing on the side instead of people. Mm-hmm. Great. So we have um, some recordings to share from other teachers um, across, su- across southern Vermont. And we'd like to share those with you. They shared with us um, what it means to betray their ancestors. I've grown up with a couple stories in my head about the history of my family. Only a few generations back on both sides, my ancestors immigrated from Ireland to Australia, some of them as a result of what is known commonly as the Great Potato Famine in Ireland a time in which great amounts of cattle, pigs, grain, and eggs were exported abroad by the British landlords while poor peasants starved, forcing mass migration. Another story I heard was that some far-back relatives were sent to Australia for stealing. It was a common joke in my family that my mother's side were a bunch of Irish criminals that were sent to Australia, referring to Australia as a site of a penal colony controlled by the British where between 1788 and 1868, over 150,000 people were transported by the British Empire to various penal colonies in Australia. As a child growing up there, I learned about the discovery of Australia by Captain James Cook, the great navigator, in 1770. I grew up in a white suburban neighborhood of Melbourne, went to private Catholic schools, and have no memory of meeting one person of color during my childhood in southern Australia. To me, my child's mind, Australians were white. At the age of 10, my immediate family moved to Minnesota. Here in the U.S., my family started celebrating Thanksgiving, referring it to as one of those American things we had adopted. We had no attachment to it, but joined in making a big meal together. I learned here that like Captain Cook in Australia, Columbus had discovered the Americas. There are many things wrong in these few passages. The history of Australia, like here, is one of plunder, genocide, violence, resource extraction, disease, boarding schools, dehumanization of a people, and intentional misinformation and lack of information. As an educator and student, I will continue to find the ways to correct this information within myself and together with others, to learn the true history and the larger patterns that connect them. I will choose to be on the side of indigenous resistance and continue to challenge white supremacy and all the manifestations of exploitation and oppression. Welcome back to Indigo Radio. That was Anna Mullaney uh, sharing with us what it means for her to betray her ancestors. We're going to play Becca now um, as she describes the same 
We are here today to oppose the legacy of colonization and to stand in solidarity with indigenous struggles throughout the nation and the world. Thank you all for being here. I wanted to share a little story in reflecting on where I come from and how do I fit into all of this. My ancestors came to the Americas from Scotland, a colonized people who, in escaping the English, participated in the genocide of indigenous people here. My ancestors, along with many others, took the opportunity to benefit off the stolen lands of Canada and the United States by actively fighting or turning an eye to the atrocities. I am working to betray my ancestors and the legacy of colonization. I stand in solidarity with indigenous struggles to oppose the privatization of land. I join with others in saying, from Standing Rock to Palestine, occupation is a crime. All right, welcome back. And I just want to give some context. Friday, we had a rally outside in Pliny Park where we played a piece about um, Standing Rock and the resistance that took place there. And so that was Becca. She was our MC on Friday. Shout out to her and her um, story about her betraying her ancestors. And so now we're going to play Corey. Um, he's also a local teacher, an Indigo Radio contributor. And here's his story. My ancestors settled and farmed on Navajo and Hopi territory in the Four Corners region of the United States, where white men made the decision to sell coal leases to developers that extracted and mined resources from the land and forcibly removed Navajo and Hopi people from their homes. My ancestors also participated in the assimilation of native youth into white Anglo-Saxon ways of life through the Lamanite placement program, which was organized by the Mormon church. This incentivized native youth to uh, be placed into Mormon foster. My ancestors settled and farmed on Navajo and Hopi territory in the Four Corners region of the United States where white men made the decision to sell coal leases to developers that extracted and mined resources from the land and forcibly removed Navajo and Hopi people from their homes. My ancestors also participated in the assimilation of native youth into white Anglo-Saxon ways of life through the Lamanite placement program, which was organized by the Mormon church this incentivized native youth to uh, be placed into Mormon foster homes by offering education and job opportunities at the expense of leaving their traditions behind and accepting Mormon doctrine, ways of life, and values. Today I stand against the legacy of my ancestors by <coughs> By reading and becoming educated about the history of different native traditions and standing against the development of for-profit companies at the expense of native life. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Corey, for sharing your story. And Lauren is up next. She's going to tell us about betraying her ancestors. My ancestors are Jewish. They settled here from Tsarist Russia to escape persecution. 
their actions and ideology around the need for land and a state of their own led them to this thinking and occupation of Palestine, which forced millions of indigenous Palestinians from their homes and land. This continues today. My ancestors have benefited off the stolen land both in Palestine and here in the U.S. I work against the legacy of my ancestors as I stand in solidarity with indigenous struggles both here in Palestine and around the world. Welcome back here with Indigo Radio. And that was our friends Becca, Corey, Anna, and Lauren talking about how they betray their ancestors and how they stand in solidarity today with indigenous people across the world. So we're going to go to a song break. Our next song is by Rebel Diaz. It's called The Thanks Taking. Columbus got drunk and invaded the Americas. Ever since then, it's been nothing but hysteria. So how you cover turkey when the system wanna murk me? Stop risking search me for my braids and my jersey. I ain't thankful for the police. Can't stand for no brutality. But Black Friday, we spending all our salary. Can't celebrate hate. But I will instigate till my people liberate. And they find inner strength from the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. The Caddy, the Rovers, the Jeeps, and the Beamers. To the measles on the flea sides, but then they call it savage. They say we act ratchet while they take us from the classes. Put us behind bars, keep the poverty contained. Keep the people in the hood, keep dumbing down their brain. And some look to destiny, but we got self-determination. Which means by any means we gon' get this liberation. Black and brown fist, put the shackle on your mind when they took them off your wrists and they came to us starving, Bible in hand, and they left us with the Bible when the devil took the land, but payback's a bitch with an STD, said God is a man of war, death stands at the door, fall back, stand down, look away, hit the floor, crazy as hell, if you think you wouldn't pay for, feel the wrath of, walking in the path of divine intervention, fire in the devil's kitchen, I'm straight out of poverty, true good harmony, no racial harmony, cause you here properly. Gat turn and keep it 100 like a century Reap what you sow, every knee about eventually Yeah, pale face, just watch that weather When Allah finish with you, we just take it back together Thanksgiving, the Indians saved the pilgrim And in return the pilgrim killed them They call it Thanksgiving, I call you holiday hell day Cause I'm for poverty, neglected by the wealthy Gracias a la vida, thankful for my people, not the colonizers, still trying to divide us, why? Cause if all the tribes united, their worst nightmares are come alive and warrior spirits ignited, we still fighting, they still racist, disease infested blankets still infect the matrix, basic access to health, shelter, food and water, in danger cause they still wanna take it all from us, come up you can hustle from sun up to sundown, but do you challenge the system that keep your brother down, do the math, do the knowledge, who worked the hardest, pick the harvest, make the dish, set the the table can't sit, take your order, no tip, don't trip, thank you, this revolution been brewing since 1492, five centuries plus of all golden blood, but they time is up, huh, up comes the sun, they call it Thanksgiving, the Indians saved the pilgrim, and in return the pilgrim killed them, they call it Thanksgiving, I call you holiday hell day, cause I'm for poverty, neglected by the wealthy. 
America, the Holocaust, biological warfare, history lost, disease field, religious pilgrims taught them how to live and eat, in exchange they raped Mother Earth, sold a daughter on the streets, terrorists took the land, and now they live in the house they destroyed, mercenaries deployed to kill families and celebrate it, just like back when blacks was lynched and castrated, sold as property, arrived from our graves, annihilation of the natives would never be my holiday, death haunt the life of those who try to colonize these rhymes is revenge for the indigenous genocide so look it up before you cook it up say your grace with your fam say a prayer for this nation because we'll go around come around we call it thanks welcome back to indigo radio you're listening to indigo on 107.7 fm brattleboro community radio station and so we're talking about columbus Abolishing Columbus Day, his legacy, and also betraying our own ancestors. That was our last segment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I I thought I really appreciated um, all the different histories um, and, and how we're betraying. So what are some of your thoughts around um, betraying our ancestors? So I think that it's really important for us to even know what our ancestors' legacy is, right? And oftentimes we're not taught that. Um, for me, myself, and I had to go looking for that story and that information because uh, the history that we're taught in school isn't one that talks about colonization. Mm -hmm. That's not a word that's used. And so when we think about this particular um, context, the U.S., um, someone said something really interesting at the teaching yesterday about reservations. Mm -hmm. And so within the context of colonization here, people were pushed onto reservations. Right. And um, this person was talking about the word as an English word, it being reserved for mm -hmm. somewhere, but actually it's being taken right. over and over again, mm -hmm. um, inch by inch. Right. And so... Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say like encroachment, right. which is something that the Americans use. And also like captivation in some ways. This mm -hmm. is the place where you have to be and where you should stay. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about how we're taught about the history of uh, Native Americans in this country, I was often taught that they no longer existed. Mm. And in that same way, I had to go looking and searching for history. Right. And, and oftentimes, you know, and sometimes even inadvertently, we talk, we speak as though they don't exist anymore here, mm -hmm. but they do. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, they don't exist in their, you know, in their, how we saw them in the past, but mm -hmm. they are here, mm -hmm. um, sort of entrenched in our modern economic system. Right. And entrenched in our modern economic system as caricatures in many yeah. ways to sell items. Yeah. And that was a huge part of our conversation yesterday. We had a number of children's toys. Oh, right. Yeah. And so Halloween is coming up. Yeah. That's something really important, I think, to mention is that many people often dress up as Native Americans. Right. As in this costumery. Right. And so um, it's really difficult to see that happening as we take pieces of, of people's culture and history and use them. Mm -hmm. Companies use them to profit, but people uh, use them to dress up or to entertain right. themselves. Right. And the people themselves are discarded. 
Right, right. And so there's this really con- like contradictory act of taking, appropriating, mm-hmm. stealing um, a tradition, mm-hmm. a dress, a song, mm-hmm. uh, and then forgetting that there are people and history, right. people's history attached to it. Yeah. It's amazing. I've, um, the Judy Dow, who um, is an educator, and she's also Abenaki, she has a, a big, huge box full of all kinds of trinkets she's collected over the years that she's bought, you know, in tourist shops and things like that, um, that portray Native Americans in a, in a very derogatory manner. And, yeah, it's great. She does this workshop with all kinds of schools, and um, it's, it's a good eye-opener. Mm. Um, so resistance, right? So mm. when, when we are... Um, betraying our ancestors, we are resisting. And, and, you know, it's important to understand that we are part of a a larger resistance movement. Um, So most recently, we all saw the resistance um, at Standing Rock. Um, And historically, do you want to talk a little bit about sort of historically um, the different resistance movements that have happened? Sure. So... It's interesting, I just wanted to say something really quickly Mm -hmm. before I go into any um, specific history, but what's interesting is that we're often taught about westward expansion in this country, in this context, and that doesn't only happen in school, right? It happens through games. I remember playing Oregon Trail, um, Mm -hmm. getting on like a wagon and trying to move across as a settler across the country on a computer when I was young, and so there was never this mention of taking native land and there was never ever a mention of natives fighting back right and so just through my own study and understanding um i started reading about columbus and the people that he first encountered um some of them being the tainos and that what actually happened was that the tainos resisted that they rose up even as they were in, um, captured, and that they organized and tried to bring together different nations to fight off the colonizers, which at that time were Columbus and his men. Um, and then I had also never heard, and many people don't also ever hear about the Spanish priest Las Casas, mm-hmm. who was himself from Europe, but stood on the side of the indigenous people while all of this brutality was taking place. Um, And so he documented that in his diary, uh, the horror and brutality of of Columbus's men. And also there's been, since that time, so many other movements Mm -hmm. of resistance that we don't often hear about. Um, And I think that serves the conquerors. You know, we have to know that we can fight back. Right, and that's exactly what I was thinking, like when you mentioned, you know, when you were playing this in school, right, you're mm-hmm. learning about the Oregon Trail and, and it just seems like this natural thing to go across the country with no uh, resistance mm-hmm. uh, against it. And, you know, and I asked myself, well, why, why would this be valuable to some people, mm-hmm. right? And going back to sort of weaving that narrative, including with enshrining Columbus Day, right? Having this narrative um, is, is because... I mean, I think that resistance, if, if you, there are people rising up and fighting against this dominant force, right, um, 
then it's not, it's, then I guess, I guess it illuminates the dominant force. Mm-hmm. And it could illuminate, I suppose, weaknesses um, mm-hmm. in order to bring it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never in Oregon Trail was there ever a native that I saw. Like, I, I don't recollect that there was ever resistance from natives as right. settlers were as you playing the settler were moving across the country, it was always often, where can I find food? Right. Or my family is sick? Or where are we going to camp? There was never any mention of that this is people's land right. that we're moving across. What a beautiful narrative, right? Mm. First I'll believe in. And so the resistance continued. Like, let's uh, not, right? We, we can't think that, okay, we, the country was taken by settlers right. and then the resistance ended. No, not at all. Right. Um, in the 1960s, at that time, Native leaders began to approach the U.S. Mm-hmm. government about all these broken treaties, yeah. right? And there have been more than 400 treaties signed by the U.S. government between uh, the U.S. government and Native American nations, and every single one of them has been violated. Um, so at that particular time, there was ongoing harassment of Native communities across the nation, um, there was uh, mining on native land, and um, groups became organized in the 60s yeah. uh, during the civil rights era, and the natives did as well. Right. And we don't learn that as a piece of the civil rights movement either. Yeah. Um, so in 1969, around 78 American Indians landed on Alcatraz Island. Mm-hmm. And that's in, in San Francisco Bay, and they took over the island where, where the prison is. And in around one month, the the number grew to around 600 from 50 different nations across um, what's now the U.S. And they themselves were making comparisons to other struggles. So Mm -hmm. they compared Alcatraz to a reservation. And they cited its isolation, its lack Mm -hmm. of sanitation, its lack of industry and so much unemployment, um, the lack of educational facilities and overcrowding. And so they themselves were making connections to the struggles of people, uh, poor, landless, um, imprisoned people across this nation in comparison to their own struggle. And I think those connections are so important, right? Because then you get to take a step back and see oh, I should be in solidarity with all these people, the people from Palestine, people in prisons. And now you have like a larger movement. Um, Unfortunately, I mean, in in this, in the case of the American Indian movement and and all other movements, you you have, you do have, again, the state coming in and infiltrating and and creating class divisions and and Mm. really breaking up these types of connections. Mm. Um, Because I... I'm, it would be dangerous, I think, for the state. Yeah, and they use the, the plight of people against one another as well. Mm-hmm. So um, reading Zen, revisiting Howard Zinn um, this morning, I found this small passage from a Native American man who had fought in Vietnam and come back to this country. Mm-hmm. And he himself made connections. So I just wanted to read a small excerpt. He said, the same massacres happened to the Indians 100 years ago. Germ warfare was used then. They put smallpox in the Indians' blankets. I got to know the Vietnamese people, and I learned they were just like us. What we are doing is destroying ourselves and the world. So it's interesting 
um, how deep the connections are between people, but how we're never taught that we are connected to others and, and the struggle of other people. Right. Because again, I think it goes back to it being threatening to um, the dominant narrative, the dominant system, and the state ultimately. Um, So our next piece is to, we, um, or actually you interviewed some teachers Mm -hmm. about um, how teachers might oppose um, Columbus Mm -hmm. and Columbus Day in the classroom. So So we're going to play a clip from Katie. She um, is a teacher in Newport, Rhode Island. I think teaching against the legacy of Columbus is so much more than teaching about just Columbus. Yes, we should have students read his diaries where he talks about what great slaves the Tainos will make because they're so trusting and generous and strong. And there are great lessons out there like putting Columbus on trial or having students equate how much actual wealth was taken out of the Americas to Spain. Um, And we should be teaching all of that. But teaching against Columbus's legacy is more than just having students see Columbus as being bad as a historical figure. Columbus's legacy is essential to the narrative that the Americas are for Europeans and people of European descent. And I want students in my class to see the relationship between white supremacy today and our history of colonization. So we learn about race and what race is and how it's been constructed and changed and used to further white people. We learn about colonization and how it continues today. We study the similarities between the colonization of the Americas and the U.S. funding apartheid of Palestine. This weekend, students from my school are marching in our town's Columbus Day Parade, and they'll walk by our city's statue of Columbus holding the world in his hand and standing at the highest point in the city. And they'll come back, and each and every one of them will say they're opposed to white supremacy, Um, But it's essential for them to see the relationship between Columbus and to make those connections between him and white supremacy today and its relationship to our history of colonization and colonization as it continues in the world. All right. Thanks so much, Katie. Now we're going to play Annika. She is a local teacher around Brattleboro. In my classroom, I work to teach against the dominant narrative of Columbus by teaching students that there is a tool that we can use that helps us recognize different narratives of history. Um, So I give them this proverb proverb from the Igbo, um, until the lions have their own historians, history will always glorify the hunter. And I asked them to write the story of an imaginary hunter and an imaginary lion. And when they write the story of the hunter, they usually write a story that tells the reader about how brave and strong the hunter was and how terrifying and, and aggressive and violent the lions were and how the hunter had no choice but to defend themselves and something like that. Um, And then when they tell the lion story, it's very different. They talk about how the lion was just minding their own business, and all of a sudden the hunter came and shot them, and they didn't have a chance to fight back often in the stories, and just giving like the 
the big patterns of a lot of stories. I've done this now with three years of students, and so those are the big patterns. And then from there, we talk about what are other hunters' stories in history. Um, and then I tell them about Columbus and how uh, I tell them one story that Columbus discovered America. And at this point, most students have already heard that that's not true, at least in the class. The, the more recent classes that I have, they seem to already know. And so they say, no, that's not true. And so I write down the two stories on the board, and we talk about how similar those two stories are to the stories that they wrote of the lion and the hunter. And we think about other stories in history from there that could be seen as hunter's stories or lion stories. And so All right, thanks so much, Annika. And now our last teacher uh, is going to be Keegan, and he also teaches up in Springfield. When we're thinking or teaching about the historical legacy of Columbus, I think it's important to remember that his legacy is bigger than him. Um, you know, Columbus himself was personally responsible for plenty of murder and enslavement, but it's it's not like he set the precedent. Like it, it's not like he's the reason that the Americas were were pillaged and enslaved. Like if if we imagine that the first European contact uh, with Americans had, had instead been by some hypothetical sort of saintly explorer, the result of that contact would have ultimately been the same. There, there are historical forces bigger than Columbus that led to the rape of the Americas, and I, I think that we should be focusing our attention on what those forces are and how they worked along. All right, welcome back to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro Community Radio Station. Uh, Nina and Nick are in the radio station today talking about Columbus and opposing Columbus and the importance of opposing Columbus in our work today to support and be in solidarity with indigenous people. I, I really liked um, what the last... Um, interviewee Keegan mm -hmm. said about that it's a historical force because we I think it's easy to fall into the trap of um, demonizing Columbus right mm -hmm. and then that's it. it's it almost it puts it in a box mm -hmm. um, and there's no further analysis um, so I, I like that um, he emphasized that that you know it's, it's a historical force he's part of that the landing in Plymouth was part of and et cetera, et cetera, the manifest destiny, all of it mm -hmm. that, and those historical forces that, uh, propelled that particular historical moment, there's remnants of that that still exist today. Absolutely. And I think that it was really interesting what Katie was talking about, um, colonization and how it still exists today. Um, both with the U.S. support of the occupation and colonization of Palestine mm -hmm. and also just continuing privatization of land in this country. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the col colonization when it first happened here may look different, right? But that essence of it 
it's still ongoing. Mm-hmm. And, and the ex- we all, you know, people who are Native American experience it differently than we do because they're, they're the ones that are being exploited still today. Mm-hmm. Um, well, unfortunately, that is all we have time mm-hmm. for today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, uh, when we upload this show onto iTunes um, and SoundCloud, we will actually include more interviews mm-hmm. um, that we were unable to play today yep. um, about betraying our ancestors and also um, the in, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is next week's show? So next week's show, Anna and Corey are going to be discussing patriarchy and the hearings that recently took place, which ha- have seen Brett Kavanaugh appointed... Um, to the lifelong position of Supreme Court Justice after um, all of these hearings about his uh, his behavior during high school and with women particularly. Um, so join us next week on Indigo Radio, and we're going to go out with a song by... Um, <clears throat> do you want to introduce it? Sure. Um, it's a song by Climbing Poetry called uh, We Survived. Make sure um, you check us out on Facebook and Instagram and also um, on SoundCloud. Osoma and Nagasaki, and we will survive Palestine. We survive Vietnam and Indonesia, Rwanda and Mississippi. The 50 stripes around our stars, 50 years to life behind their bars. We survive middle school and self-inflicted scars, losing our mothers to our fathers' hands. We survived slavery and genocide, came back from the dead and spread like wildfire. The droughts and the prisons, Jim Crow and gas chambers for warfare prevention. The seeds from our strange fruit been sprinkled across this terrain by our angels. And everywhere we land, we're gonna take root. And every inch of rock, mud, and sand, we're gonna break through. You're here right now. I'm seeing you with my own two eyes. Think of all the demons that tried to take you, and you still survived. And we will survive.
the strength of all. All right, tune in every Friday and tell us what you want. People's Playlist, Fridays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. here on WVEWLP, Brattleboro, 107.7 FM, your community radio station. Text WVEW to 66866 to get your request in. Look forward to hearing from you.